All right. You ready? We're rolling? Okay, here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever in the world you are. Welcome to the Matt Kim Podcast. I am Matt Kim, and I am joined by my wonderful host of the Free Thinking Thursdays, although we rarely release our episodes on Thursdays. We Maybe we need a new name. I'm joined by Peter Sarrington. What's, what's up, buddy? What's up, guys? Are you ready? Let's go. So much to unpack. So if you guys don't notice, we are literally on the moon today. Absolutely, guys. Bitcoin is going up to all-time highs. We are representing. (laughs) To the moon. To the moon, bro. Let's go. So if you're new here, welcome. Thank you for joining the podcast. It's been a crazy week. I'm going to say a lot of people watching today are maybe second-time listeners. Or might be new because we're picking up a lot. That's true. Um, So if you're new here... We talk about pretty much whatever we want to talk about on any given day. And maybe some of you are like, I wish there was a little bit more format to it. Eat a dick. This is what we got. <laughs> Welcome to the Matt Kim Show, where we talk about whatever the hell we want, guys. We, really, the point of what we do is to question all narratives, have the ability to free think. So I don't think, for us at least, no topic is off the table. We don't care about your isms. You can call us a racist, misogynist. You can call us pretty much whatever you want. Reality is, I don't care. Don't care. It is what it is because we truly believe that free speech is the cornerstone of our society. Mm. And once they take that, they take everything else. Absolutely. It's a slippery slope, my friends. A couple quick announcements before we get into the episode. And we're going to do a lot of Tate talk today. Oh, for sure. It's all about that top G. But before we do, a couple quick announcements. Number one. Is that, oh, we got some free thinker merch. Definitely go check it out. Definitely go pick one up. Don't be a brokey. Pick up one, two, three, four, five, six. Links below, guys. Links it really below. does help out the podcast because we're self funded. We don't have any advertisers. We don't take any sponsors. We are self funding the entire thing. We don't want to deal with propagandists telling us what to do mm. or say. Exactly. So if you enjoy the content, please go pick it up. That helps out tremendously. And people might ask, what would you use the money for? If you haven't been noticing, Matt has been traveling all over the globe to meet amazing people and interview them, and that costs money. So period, full stop, we need money for travel. Yeah, that's exactly where it goes. I would love to be able to take bigger teams with me. Mm. Um, usually when people show up for these interviews, they have like a team of people. <laughs> Our budget is so small, I'm like, I'm flying. Dude, Matt's, I, Matt's solo tanking the raid, man. He's solo tanking the raid. He's got a shield in his sword. He's like, where's my backup? Oh, it's just me. Dude, can I tell you? Did I tell you about my flight to Romania? Well, let's jump right in. Dude. So, obviously, I'm trying to save money. It's not cheap to fly to Romania. I think the plane ticket was like two grand, a little over two yep. grand. And it was last minute, so it's not like I'm buying this ticket three weeks in advance. Exactly. It was like two grand. And I get on the plane, and I'm like somewhere in the middle to the back, and I sit down, and I'm like, fuck, I hope this is not the guy I'm sitting next to. Oh, is, oh, is it going to start like that? Because I had to one stop in Amsterdam uh-huh. on the way to Romania, yeah. to Bucharest. And the flight to Amsterdam, I sat next to a guy that looked like he was going to Amsterdam. <laughs> he was ready for that drug-induced bro, experience, bro. This guy had dreadlocks. Uh. His hair was all braided, and he smelled... Like, he hasn't washed in, like, a month. That's that's how you get dreadlocks, is you don't wash your hair for months and months. Literally walked out of the hostel and straight onto <laughs> a plane. 
And I was like, all right, this sucks because he's just stunk so oh, bad. I'm sorry to hear that. And it's like a 12-hour flight. Yeah. I'm like, I got the next guy. And I'm pretty sure he was on drugs. <laughs> Be- because the planes have, you know, the TV screens. Yeah. <laughs> and it was on, he had a movie on. And it was paused. So it wasn't actually moving. But he was sitting there staring at it. <laughs> You're like, hey, did you check on him? And like, hey, is there a pulse? Like 30 or 40 minutes, he was just staring at the screen. It wasn't moving. It was paused. <laughs> those those shrooms, Will. Those shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> it just hit hard. That, 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 that's, that's how you know the mushrooms are good. <laughs> exactly. The screen was melting. He's like, dude. <laughs> and he had one of these USB cables that, you know, have the LED lights built in. So they light up. So next to me is this guy that stinks with his dreadlocks that looks like he hasn't washed in over a month, staring at a screen, having his own rave in his mind. (laughs) And the light is just blinking the whole entire flight. So uh, the only thing I have to ask is, was he listening to music and all you could hear the entire flight was... (laughs) (laughs) Dude, he was just staring at a screen, listening to nothing, Doing nothing, just blankly staring okay. at the screen. So next time, and they kept on going to the bathroom. Is next time you're in a position <laughs> like that, you have to bust out your camera and you have to just do a quick interview and just be like, "Hey, I'm Matt Kim with the <sighs> Matt Kim Podcast. Who are you again?" And just just have him be like, "What? what what's going on?" I wanted nothing to do with this guy. Oh. And on my way there, I seriously. All I can think in my head is, I am such a fucking brokey sitting next to this guy on this plane for 12 hours. Oh, man. But see, that's humbling. See, that's humbling to our audience. That's humbling to all the viewers and the subscribers. Smash the like button if you're here, as well as make sure you join the Discord. Got to give that shout out. But that that shows the humility of the Matt Kim behind the Matt Kim podcast. You're willing to fly with the cattle. (laughs) Dude, I... So that's why he needs sponsorships, guys. That's why you need to buy these t-shirts so he can at least upgrade to at least, what is it, Delta Comfort? At least Comfort or something. Get me out of the back of the bus because it's a long flight. Usually Mm. if I go on a longer flight, I'll try to upgrade as far as I can. Mm. Yeah. But this was so last minute. And a business class seat to Romania for that that trip. Six grand? 15 grand. Get out of here. Twice the, oh my gosh. For business? Yeah. Oh, 15 grand for business. And so, I was like, dude, I can't, I can't pay 15 so I, grand. So I don't want to go on a conspiracy track here, but man, I feel like they are pricing people out mm. of traveling. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's just, it's, it's becoming harder and harder to travel these days because the prices are astronomical. It's crazy. And is it that they are, are there more people flying or are there less flights? Less, because the, the plane was packed. It's less flights. 100%. Packed. 100%. Yeah. And quick shout out to the guy at the TSA. Did he rub your balls? Dude, on my way to, <laughs> at the airport. <laughs> Did you give him a tip? Every every time the TSA guys like start touching me, I I, I just, I don't know what it is, Matt. I'm sorry for cutting you, you off. You get hard? <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I didn't say that, but maybe I am now. Well, uh, no, every time they start doing that stuff, I it's there's something in me. Maybe it's the sin in me, but I just want to make it worse. Mm. It's just like. And then I'll I'll look down at them and be like, hey man, as long as you're as long as you're touching me, I feel like I need to give you a tip. And that makes it so awkward, you know? But Just the tip. <laughs> Guys, not safe for work. If you're here, welcome to the Matt Kim show where everything is on the table and nothing is off for sure. I was going through the TSA. We get to the airport and I have like I have a huge luggage filled with cables uh, and lights. I brought my entire setup. Dude, you moving weight. 
It was 80 pounds of camera gear. And I mean, I brought everything with me because I didn't want to show up to Romania and not have something. Mm. He did, Andrew Tate did offer to let me work with his camera team, mm, mm, mm. but I didn't want to leave anything up to chance. So that's, that's an interesting take. There are some people who would take advantage mm. of the host and the host's provisions and the host's services and, and the technology that they have there. What made you decide to kind of roll your own and make sure that you bring everything? Because if you remember when you were packing up, even I was kind of questioning like, man, doesn't he have like all this gear? Why do you need to take all this? Give us kind of your their backstory as to why you felt it was important to bring everything like your entire setup over to romania well i think it's two things number one is that if you're going to go for such what i consider a really big interview mm. really big conversation no, no mistakes type of thing i don't want leave anything for chance mm. i know my gear i know my equipment mm. i know how to work and operate all of it and even if i had to in the worst situation i can troubleshoot and figure it out on the spot so i mean everything that we have here everything that you see for production i am so familiar with all of it Yes. We he's don't have a huge team. And by the way, he's <laughs> hacked his way through to get it to where it is today. It was truly, if there's anyone who understands this tech and this gear, it's Matt and Will. Because you guys struggle busted. Yeah. Like, literally struggle yeah, busted. We just figured out one thing at a time, and we are so familiar with everything that we have. So I did not want to show up and be like, all right, this is a new piece of equipment. I need to figure it out. What if something goes wrong? Uh, number two is that I wanted, I didn't want to feel like I showed up and owed him something other than his time. Mm. If I show up and I'm like, hey, can I borrow this? Can I borrow this? And I'm asking his team, well, can we get this? Can we get yeah, this? Can we get this? Uncouth. It when when you're trying to meet someone at what you would consider at a very high level, mm. you want to get there and get into the conversation as highest and as closest of level as you can. Yeah. Because that way you have a real conversation. Right. If you go in asking for a bunch of shit. Then all of a sudden he's here, I'm here, yeah, and it's yeah. no longer a conversation. Uh, that's a fair. That's that's a that's fair. That's a that's some meta level psychology there, and and if I were to summarize what you just said, it's you want to ensure that he is as comfortable as possible, so that he doesn't feel like he needs to extract from himself other thoughts around. Oh, he doesn't have a camera, or yeah. he doesn't have a mic, or I need to set up this, and that just messes up the juju. So I totally get it. Yeah, he showed up and he was an absolute professional. Mm. And I wanted to make sure that I showed up and I was also a professional. So let's back up just a second. So you took this flight with this uh, Dr. Dre uh, dreadlock guy who is on drugs. You, you passed through Amsterdam on your way to Bucharest, right? Mm. And when you landed Bucharest, because this is the first time you've been to yeah. Romania. Oh, hold on. Oh. The, shout out to the TSI guy. Oh, it, oh I totally <laughs> forgot about the TSI guy. Oh, the, yeah, the guy that touched your balls. Yeah, because... <laughs> yeah. I had all this equipment with me, so I had, a, I had one carry-on that had all the camera gear, had the microphones, had the camera gear, had um, like all of our kind of tech back-end equipment, and then I had another huge bag that had all of our lights, tripods, cables. I mean, you're talking 80, 100 pounds worth of electronics and wires. Yeah. Trying to take that to TSA yeah. can get sketchy. Yeah, don't say bomb. <laughs> and I got to the TSA line, and the guy that was working the x-ray machine he watches a pod. He, he's a fan of the no, Instagram. No, no, he watches the pod. But see, here's the thing. Everybody watches the pod. Everybody I yeah. run into watches the pod, bro. So he got really excited. He like stopped the entire line to walk back around. And I shook his hand and we said hello. And then all my shit went through the x-ray and he knew it was mine. 
And instead of like putting, typically you would put that to the side, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have to take everything out of the bag yeah, yeah. Show me and the open up everything. Show and me the dildo. Exactly. He was like, <laughs> just put it right through, and I walked on my way. Oh, good man. What do you remember his name? I don't remember his name, but I appreciate it regardless. TSA, you've you've shown your real stripes. Sometimes the TSA can be human. That's good. So that was cool. Huge shout out. Um, that just worked out because I was so concerned mm. that I was going to have to go through this TSA security. And I'm going to take all the camera equipment out of the bag. I'm going to have to take it all apart. I have to take all the batteries. Like, it's a big ordeal. So everybody out there who've just listened to this last segment, Matt clearly is moving more towards the Borg and the Matrix. He appreciates big government, <laughs> big overreach, TSA. <laughs> Somebody come save him because he's actually giving props to a government entity. I don't know what's going we on. We love there. the government. We love it, man. Okay. <laughs> so you flew through Amsterdam, yes. had a small layover, layover, landed in Romania for the first time yes. ever. Walk us through that. I've never been to Romania before. What was... Give give us a little bit of context. What were your perceptions? What were your assumptions flying in there? And how did they change immediately once you landed? I'm curious. So you walk into Romania and you got to go through the immigration visa mm-hmm. and all of this. Mm-hmm. And you show up with an American passport. And apparently American passport is still good wherever you go. Because as soon as they see an American passport, like, okay, you're here. And you're gone. That's because it's like money. Yeah, nice. This <laughs> money, guy's here. This guy's coming in. So that's really cool. It's cool to see that the American passport still means something in parts of the world. So before you jump into to talking about your experience there, give us, because Americans are ignorant. Yes. And I don't mind saying this. Like if you live in Asia, you live in Europe, you're speaking three different languages mm. because it's just the way it is. You're born in America, you speak in Ingerish. That's mm. about it. And so most of Americans are ignorant around international travel, international anything full stop so give us your short version what was your perception of romania before you got there well and how was that informed was it just through news was it through just clips i'm curious to, to know your kind of your mental models around what you thought romania should be <laughs> before you got there because I, i'll give you, i can give you my ideas in a second so i think like most people in the world mm. We had no context of Romania until Andrew Tate made Romania famous. Of course. Yeah. No idea what to expect. Um, I know that Transylvania's castle is there. (laughs) That's where that was mine. (laughs) I'm sorry. Stole your thunder. That's it. That was it. it. Transylvania and Jeremy Clark was mine. So I'll I'll just cut you off real quick. So the only two ideas that I have about Romania is Transylvania and Dracula. So I'm thinking old school classics, kind of old old uh, architecture, and then Jeremy Clarkson and the 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 car show he used to do when they drove like a Lamborghini or Bugatti or something through the Romania, and it was just a clusterfuck. Mm. It was they were back in these backwoods. Uh, it was just not working out, and so it looked very third world. Mm. So that's where my perception is coming from: is third world, old world, old architecture, not super progressive. Crack the story. Yes. Oh, okay, so it is truly that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's rough around the edges. Tell me more. What does that mean? Meaning the a lot of the buildings are older. Mm. Um, a lot of them are kind of look like they're a little falling apart. Mm. Uh, it cars. There are older cars. There are some nicer, newer cars also. Mm. It's it's like going to a foreign country. Okay. You know, it's not USA. Mm. It's not maybe China or Japan. Well, it's not or big one of cityscapes, these. right? It's not. It's okay. I mean, we. I was in Bucharest. I didn't leave Bucharest. So I was mm. only inside of Bucharest. It's a small city. Mm. Um, you know, everything's just a little bit older. Mm. Did you get any opportunity to eat some of the food? Check out some of the cuisine? No. Oh, man. Oh, we didn't bro. have time. We ate at the hotel. <laughs> That's like pretty much it. I was there for two days. It was in and out. 
and the first day was all set up. So, so, so talk talk us through. You 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 jumped in. You you got into the airport. You passed. You passed through immigration, and they meet you at the fr- at the front, right? No, we just we just got a um, a taxi. A taxi. Okay. And the taxis are small, and I have this huge luggage, so I'm like cramming it in, and we're trying to figure it out. And I'm pretty sure the first cab driver charged me way too much for my first cab ride. It is what it is. Probably. I don't really care. Um, actually, no. Do I care? I care a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I care about getting ripped off a little bit now that I thought about it. Yeah, but as long as you, especially when you first get into a foreign country, if they charge you a little bit more, mm. but you get safely to your first destination, it's kind of the. Ta- it's kind of worth it. <laughs> it's kind of the. It's kind of the assumed tax that you incur, right? It's I like- remember the first time I went to China and I got into Shenzhen, and we got into a cab. And the guy just drove us around in circles. Oh, dude, I've had that for shit. like I had, hours. I had that shit happen when I went to Shenzhen. And he's like, I can't find the hotel, and they don't speak English. And he kept on stopping at the different hotels to talk to the manager of the hotel to try to communicate with me because this was before Google Translate. Oh my gosh, dude! And after like two hours, I'm like, bro, <laughs> two hours, <laughs> bro, bro. bro. And this is before Google Translate. This is before yet oh, international man. cell phone coverage. So I have no idea. If the hotel I'm supposed to go to is supposed to be close to the train station mm. or not. Blind faith. Well, you made it out. So in Romania, when they take me straight to the hotel room, maybe they charge me 50% more. Mm. I made it safely. I didn't get taken. <laughs> you know, Because these are things that you think about. I have some unusual skills <laughs> that I'm going to use against you. I don't know anyone in Romania. Mm. I've never been to Romania. I've never communicated with Romania. And the reality is... I don't know Andrew Tate that well. Well, yeah, you're kind of just kind of flying by the seat of your pants here, man. Let's uh, let's go over how you actually got the interview because that was a topic that was brought up a lot last oh, night yeah, during the live right. chat. Yeah, yeah, we did see that. So how did you how did you get into this game? What 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 made you find your way over to Romania, brother? That I we just started. Well, fo- you kind of talked about it on the pod. pod yeah, right? we just started following each other on Twitter, yep. and uh, one day I was like, hey. Can we do something together online? And I asked to do it online, like via like a stream. Mm. And he said, "I only do in person. Um, c- why don't you come to Romania?" I said, "Okay." And I went to Romania. Which, so if people think that there was like a huge like backend. I have like five DMs, and it's like come to Romania. Okay, I'll be here then. Awesome. And then I went. It's not like we were coordinating <laughs> a lot of shit. You know, it's like blind faith. I hope this guy doesn't stand me up. And which I didn't think he would, uh, but it's a possibility. That's true, yeah. You know, I hope I show up there and he actually shows up to do the interview. We don't talk every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, do I I believe him? Do I think he's a professional? He said he'll be there. I'll just go. And we just go. So he's not not like a bestie like you and Tucker. Yeah, no, no. We're not texting all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And and so, and and this is actually really salient, actually, because this is the way the Matt Kim podcast works. Yeah. Is that you don't need a lot of prodding. You don't need a lot of convincing. You don't need a lot of persuasion. You're a man who's who says the opportunity is ripe. The timing is ripe. It's just like you go into the to the political rallies that you're going to now, yeah. and you just say fuck it, let's go, let's go. And let's so and so far, <laughs> that mo, that method of working out is actually working out. Yeah, right? people. I saw in the comment section. Um, people, are you, are you how, get- how how much did this guy pay to have Andrew Tate on the pod? And I'm like, literally zero. Zero. It was, hey, there's an opportunity. He invited me or said, I have the opportunity to go see him. 
And I just went. Do you think he was surprised that you actually had the gumption and the assertiveness to actually go? I, you I, know? I, would, I wonder how many people he's said that to exactly. and didn't actually show up. Exactly. Because they want to get into details and they want. Yeah. And they and they want to negotiate terms or some BS like Talk that. about over talk and over complicate very simple ideas. And under deliver. Yeah. From his perspective, is I'll give you my time. Mm. And from the other person's perspective, it should be, okay, let me go maximize the time. Yeah. If it's a very simple exchange of ideas and agreement, you can make it happen. If you're like, okay, well, how much time am I going to get? Where are you going to meet? What are you going to do? Yeah. Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Can I be here? Can yeah. I do this? Hey, can I? Like, dude, fuck it. I don't want to do it anymore. Mm. This is just, it's overcomplicated. So, so what would you say that, what would you say how that t- tells you about Andrew Tate's character, that he's willing to basically DM five times with you. Let's just say five mm. times. Five times with you. Not a lot of context, not a lot of deal-making, no Mm-mm. negotiation, just a, hey, this is it, this is it, this is it. What does that tell you about his character? Well, I really appreciate that mm. because I feel like that shows that, number one, he is a man of his word, mm. that he has a level of integrity mm-hmm. and that he expects that he's a professional and he wants to work with other people that are professionals. Mm. Here's my window. Can you do it? Yes. Awesome. Day before I'll be there. Execute. Yeah. Just do it. That's it. And I even asked him like how much time, you know, I, so I can set out the set of the day. Like what, what are we looking at here? He said, literal response was hours and hours. <laughs> we'll see what happens. If I show up, and you're and you're an asshole, or you're trying to set me up, mm. or if I show up and this is not very interesting, mm. I'll just cut out an hour. Exactly. You came all the way here. We'll do an hour. Yeah. If this is amazing, or if this is fun, or we're enjoying ourselves, or feel like we're getting somewhere, we'll go until it goes, mm-hmm. and that's what ended up happening. Mm. So I have to ask. So you've set up. You've set it up. You're, 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 I love the introduction. Uh-huh. It looked like a MMA fight with mm. you guys walking in together and all this stuff. It was just, I was getting so hyped when I was watching <laughs> it last night. Uh, but I, I have to ask this question because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people think this. Is his online persona different mm. from the in-person Tate that you got to witness and experience? So, Andrew Tate, I understand fully why he's so famous. Mm. Tell me more. He's got this energy like radiates from him that it's not something that you can learn or train. You can't manufacture it. You can't manufacture it. Mm -hmm. You either have this energy that exudes from you to other people. You either have that or you don't. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump has that. Oh, for sure. Donald Trump has that. When President Trump walks in a room, everyone in the room can feel his energy. Mm -hmm. It's so thick. Mm -hmm. After being in a room with President Trump, I'm going to say number two is Andrew Tate. Really? Yeah. I've never experienced something like that. Of, Oh, that's not a present Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to be number two on my list. Yeah. Well, because I've been around a lot of famous people. And usually when famous people walk in, you're like, okay, he's here. Mm-hmm. You don't really feel the presence. Mm-hmm. But when he does, you do. And I thought that was fascinating because it was so thick. It's just like, holy shit. So I remember we talked about this on a previous episode that you guys need to check out when Matt went up to uh, a rally up north is that you said something to the effect of, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that Donald Trump, for example, his energy and his influence and the permeation of his like energy was felt before mm. you even saw him. Correct. Right? It was like so thick in the in the room in the arena or whatever it was. 
And so would you say Tate is of a similar energy level where it, it, you almost feel him before you experience him? Or is it a different type of energy? I feel it's a little bit different mm. because President Trump has his understanding of crowd. So as he walks in, it's like this wave of energy yeah. that flows out uh, versus Andrew Tate, which we weren't around a lot of people. So maybe that's the disconnect. Uh, but you can feel as soon as you're with him, like, oh, okay, I know why he's famous. So like this guy is a famous guy and not uh, I've been around like other really famous celebrities before. It's not the same. It's not. He feels famous because he's famous. Mm. He feels famous because he's got the energy of someone that commands respect and attention. Interesting. And, and, and that's actually a really good point to make because some people, they are energized by their station in mm. life. They're energized by their position in life. They're energized by the notoriety and the the influence and the quote-unquote power that they have. And in, in many ways, you've experienced this as well because you're a man of business, is that you can almost see through that. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, you became this because of what transpired in your success story. Whereas I would, you correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew Tate already had that energy disposition mm. and that, and actually it's that energy and that natural leadership, that, that power, that influence that he has, that actually is the reason why it was easier for him to become famous. Is that a correct? Yeah, I, okay. I think so completely. Okay. And, um, you know, when we first met, it was really polite, pleasantries. Mm. Uh, I think he, he was a really nice guy. So is he Super the type nice. of guy with that type of energy that he could apply himself to anything and be successful, yes. do you think? Okay. Oh, yeah. Because I, that's the way that I look at Trump. I, the way I look at Trump is I and, – and people – you guys can throw poo, you know, poo all you want like monkeys. But let's Monkey be, poo. Monkey poo. But let's be intellectually honest, dude. Donald Trump could apply himself to almost any industry in the world and do, do well. Yes. I, I truly – I firmly believe that. Yeah. And I don't even – I've never met the man, right? I, I think Andrew Tate is the same. If he decided that I'm not going to do this stuff online and I'm going to apply myself in real estate or business or whatever it is, mm. politician, mm. he'd be a phenomenal politician, by Ooh, the way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he would be successful in all of it. It's just a certain energy that people have, the certain drive and the ability to articulate, which is crazy. Right. So here's a question because I have lots of questions, but let's just say there are some women who would say that he comes off rough, mm. rough around the edges. He comes around off as terse. Maybe he comes off as a little curt, maybe a little bit overly aggressive. Mm. Did you feel like that is, that is, that, that, that is true? Or is it, is that just the way he is? Yeah. I, I thought he was a really nice guy. Mm. Um, and if I had to describe one word, he's a professional. He knows exactly what he's doing. Mm. Nothing is by chance. It's mm. all calculated intentional. And he also understands, being a professional, he understands camera. Mm -hmm. He understands nuance. He understands mm -hmm. words. He understands that some ideas can be said in a certain way to be more polarizing, mm -hmm. but it's more clickable. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's all part of it. And I'm not going to say it's all part of act because I find him to be very honest and genuine. Mm -hmm. I think it's just how he communicates. Mm -hmm. And he knows that his target audience are men. Mm -hmm. So he says things in a way to get the men interested. Mm -hmm. I don't think he hates women. I don't think so at all. Mm. So I don't know. I get why maybe some women may not like his rhetoric, but I think in this time and age of where we are in society with the breakdown of basic masculinity, mm. I think someone like that is necessary. That was my next question. Do you feel like Andrew Tate is a necessary friction mm. in this matrix world that we have? Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's definitely necessary. And if he was more like us, 
which is a little more understanding, a little bit more, um, a little more open-minded understanding, mm. a lot less well, polarizing he, in he, our rhetoric. He has his narratives. He yeah. has his he has his points that he likes to make, and he and he's very good at bringing back uh, conversations to those points that he wants. Yes, to. you notice that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has he has models in his head that he wants to make sure that we get back to. You know, I think that was the most impressive thing about mm. sitting down and talking to him for so long, mm. because I ask him one question and he'll give three points. Yeah, this, this, and this, mm. and of those three points that he makes, I'll find one of the, one and pull a thread on it and try to keep the conversation going. Mm. Right. That means if I pull on one thread, we leave two open. Yeah, but he's good at bringing it back. One hour or two hours later, he'll come back and close one of those loops. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Yeah. That is super high intellect, number one. Mm. Number two is that he has to be an extremely active listener. Yes. You can't do that if you're not listening. Because he'd be like, like you said, two hours ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And bring that point back. That's crazy. So, There's not a lot of people in the world that can do that so at that level. Great at listening, great at active listening. He's great at bringing points back. He's great, great at keeping the conversation going. What would you say is, other than that being impressed there, what would you say is the thing that surprised you most about the persona in person versus what you see online? Because hmm. online can be kind of bombastic, right? On, online can be very like, whoa, in your face. Uh, he seemed not reserved in your conversation, but he seemed very comfortable. So I'm curious, what was the thing that surprised you the most about your time with him? Well, I think that was that was really the intent, the intent and plan mm. to try to get really comfortable in the first 15, 20, 30 minutes so that he feels like he can be who he wants to be and choose who he wants to be. Don't you think be. he's going to be who he's going to be anyway? No, because if you've seen some of the old, other podcasts he's done in the last year, it's either he's very reserved and statesman. He has, which is, he has he has a toned down version. Yeah, he has a toned down version. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a version of him when he's with his brother on the stream, mm -hmm. which is kind of a more fun, relaxed version. Um, you don't see a lot of this kind of for. You don't see a lot of this 2022 Tate back. You know, although I think it's coming because he did a, a couple of recent interviews and yeah. they've been very serious. Well I, well, I appreciated what I loved about watching your four hour conversation that's what it was is 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 that the whole entire thing was a conversation mm. there was no there was no there was there was no hard trying to market stuff or trying to prove points there or trying to be inflammatory for inflammatory sake or or trying to be you know viral it it, it, it truly seemed like it was just two guys who who clicked it things made sense conversation seemed natural and i just I loved listening to it in the background mm. when I was working yesterday. It was just because everything that you guys were talking about was worth listening to. Yeah. Is that fair? No, I agree. I think it was phenomenal. I think he did a really good job. And we we went a little bit over four hours. We took two bathroom breaks. We drank five pots of coffee. <laughs> the one thing I did notice was the, the, the changing of the, the, the glasses and the things you guys yeah. were drinking over that time. Yeah, we had five pots of coffee. That's all we drank the entire time. Just coffee and coffee and coffee and coffee. You migraine after all that, did you? I mean, I couldn't sleep that night because I drank so much <laughs> damn coffee. The jet lag plus all the caffeine, like, I didn't sleep. But Was there any topic that you guys didn't get into that you wanted to dig into? Because you guys covered a lot of ground. I had an entire list prepared of mm, topics, mm. maybe 30 topics on there, mm. because just in case we stall somewhere or I need to figure out where to go next, I had all these topics prepared. I think I looked at my notebook once. Oh, yeah. And, and I, before- That's he, when you know the conversation is going well. Yeah. And before I asked him, 
is there anything that you absolutely don't want me to talk about? Ooh. And he was like, dude, I don't care. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to ask about the court case or the trial because you talked about a lot mm -hmm. and I don't want to waste my time doing mm -hmm. it. He's like, I agree. I think it's boring now. Yeah. So, agreed. Other than that, I was like, okay, here are my notes. This is what I have. And he's like, okay. Uh. And we went. And I think the only, I looked at it in the very beginning when I did my stupid disclaimer. Yeah. That was and, funny though. That <laughs> yeah. was funny though. And I think that was really good. He liked that, that. He liked that. That almost immediately it broke the ice. Took, him, took him off guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the beginning, again, we don't know each other that yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, like, where is this going to go? We just kind of did our pleasantries and we said hello and we did a little bit of small talk and where are you from? Where do you live? And basic, like, boring stuff. This is what mm. we did leading into it. Mm. So I thought that was a good way to kind of break the ice and let him know, like, I like ideas, mm. but I'm not here to, like, grill anyone. Mm -hmm. I just want to have a conversation. Mm. And I think that... Because as soon as he just started busting up laughing, yeah. I was like, okay, we're in a good place now. That that disclaimer I thought was well played because that <laughs> because that that changed the context of the conversation to like, okay, this guy's like... Yeah, he, he gets it. He, say less, that's it. Yeah. He gets it. He gets it. And that was really the goal. I just wanted to know because I don't know how much of our content he's consuming. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's probably not sitting there watching every podcast. He's not sitting there watching every reel. He just, every once in a while, it may pop up, yeah. and he's like, okay. Well, he did say he, he saw you that one time, and then he sees you all the time now. Yeah. So it's just in his feed, and he mm -hmm. may check it or may watch it a little bit, but it's not someone, I don't think it's, he's actively engaging mm -hmm. in our community. I don't think he's hanging out on Discord. And if you are, what's up? What's up? Come <laughs> to the Discord, man. Yeah. Come on, Cobra Tate, let's go. <laughs> but I don't think he is. So I wanted to just let him know. Because a lot of the clips that I have that go viral, they're mm -hmm. kind of serious clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he may be like, all right, maybe I'm ready for like a super serious conversation. Well, that was actually one of my questions is from your conversation, where do you think he's going to head next? Hmm. Because I have to absolutely believe that in the background, he has so much inbound, right? And he's talked about inbound from advertising and all the stuff that he says no to, whether it's true or not, who, who cares? I'm sure he gets a lot of it. Um, I'm sure he's getting a lot of offers as well, but he is a businessman at the end of the day. Hmm. So I'm curious if, if you were able to squeeze out or eke out any any ideas around where is he going to go next because, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a shelf life to what he's doing. Hmm. And he was he went up, he's plat not plateaued, I, I'm going to use the word plateaued, but he's, he's at this level. And if I can say this, it might sound bad, the Tate army might get mad at me for this, but I feel like he's going down a little bit mm. in terms of the world stage optics and perception. Not a big deal, but he's not getting as much playtime as he used to. Is that fair? Is I, it, I'm, 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 that's just my perception here. So I'm wondering where is he going to go next? What is he going to do next? What's his next, next big play? And I was hoping you'd ask that question. So I think for a lot of things in life, when you hit a initial big boom, mm. You're going to hit a drop and of normalize. Of course, of course. I think he's normalizing yeah. and now he's preparing for his next boom. Oh. Right? Because that's how stocks work. That's how Bitcoin works. That's how we work. Not wrong. Is that wrong. you hit a boom, you normalize, and then you go for your next peak, and then you normalize and you hit the next peak. Mm. I think he's actively trying to hit his next peak. Okay. So I wouldn't discount him. I don't think. What do you think he's going to do? I, I I think this he, he idea... He can't be doing more cam girl stuff because that's I like, think this idea of free speech, this idea of... Uh, masculinity and normalization of really fringe ideas among society and the fact that he refuses to back down 
to mm-hmm. people so- telling him he can't talk about this stuff, mm-hmm. I think that's just hill to die on. I don't think he gives in. That's all. There was the last maybe five minutes of the conversation. I asked him when he was talking about, oh, maybe they're going to kill me or whatever. And I said, you can't yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't and, say that, bro. And I, yeah, you can't say that. And he looked at me. And this is probably, this is the moment that I think was the most serious moment because he leaned in and he looked right at me. And I, for that moment, I 100% believed him mm-hmm. when he said, maybe I'm willing, maybe I want to be a martyr. Maybe I want to go to jail. Maybe, I, maybe this is going to immortalize me forever. And at that moment, when he was looking right at me, I could feel it. Like, I got chills in my body because it felt so real. Mm. This is not an act. So He 100% will die for this cause. I believe it 100%. Wow. Do you think, I, I, I wonder if that's a coming to terms mm. or an acceptance of a potential reality where he's mulled over. Certainly, he's had time to think in jail for these types of things. But I've almost, I almost wonder if it's one of those things where he's come to terms with the fact that a real and present potential reality for him is that he will end up becoming some type of martyr or long-term imprisonment type of thing. And I wonder if that's one of the things that he's accepted into his potential reality. I, I think if you um, follow his family history, mm. he came from pretty much nothing. Yeah, yeah, Right? Yeah. He came from, like, poor. I remember him t- t- him and his brother picking out, like, KFC out of the trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah they like were that. poor, poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some people want to criticize the way he made his initial money. When you're that poor, yeah, fuck off. You pe- do, you, people do things to survive. Exactly. I get it. I, again, morally, would I do it? Probably not. Mm. But am I going to crucify the guy over it? I'm not. I'm just not. Mm. And we'll talk about Romania, sex in Romania in a second here. <laughs> but going through that, I feel like to him, the most important thing is his family name. Mm. And who he's become and his reputation. And I think he's willing to die to protect his legacy, mm. which is that I am a guy that never backed down. Mm. And he, I, I truly believe that he won't back down because if he does back down, it will ruin what he's built, which is that he doesn't want to be remembered as this rich guy. Yeah. There's a lot of rich people out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wants to be remembered as a guy that the Matrix came, they told him to back down, and he looked him in the eye and said, fuck you, I'm not going to do it. He wants to be remembered as that guy. I, I get it. I get it. It's a, it's, it's, it's a principle thing. It's oh, an integrity yeah. thing. Oh, it's yeah. bigger than money. It's bigger than other things. And there are times when we're talking, okay, some of it's like amplified for nuance. Some of it's amplified uh, part of an act. It could be mm. showmanship. Mm. At that moment, I was like, dude, this guy really means it. Mm. He will die for this cause. That's awesome. And at that moment, I just gained like this huge amount of respect for him because, again, I just really believed him. So, so, yeah, and I love hear I love hearing things like that because that for him to put the stick in the mud and say this is the hill that I'm willing to die for that is a legacy worth living for. Yeah, because all of history now they're going to rewrite history in the next hundred years. Fair enough, right? They're going to rewrite some history. But I think the the bulk of the history around Andrew Tate is going to be that the Matrix tried to come and fleece him, and he said, fuck off. Yeah. And if he holds that line the rest of his life, that is a legacy that people will remember him for, that he did not back down to the, the big wigs. He didn't back down to the institutions, the conspiracies, the, the men and the women behind the curtain, mm. right, and the money. And I think that is that is worth 
dying for, that is a legacy worth living for. So I'm curious, it, during your time with him, did he inspire you in any way? I feel like I learned a lot. Unpack that. Number one, I got to stop saying number one. You don't have to stop saying number one because every time I ask you a question, I say, let me ask you a question or something or some shit like that. Because often I say number one and I never get to number two. <laughs> you know I mean? Actually, I have noticed that. <laughs> I start with number one. It's like a... It's number one. It's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a useless qualifier. <laughs> it is. It is something to help trans... It's a trans transitory phrase that it's I okay. use. All good. Matt's not perfect, guys. So that's why you need to go to the t-shirt merch area and buy him a t-shirt. Buy a t-shirt so we can feel better about it. Well, once you notice these things that you do, especially when you're communicating, you do want to improve. Then you improve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's something I learned from him. He is such an effective communicator. Mm. He is so good at his words. And a lot of these ideas that he's saying, some people say, Oh, well, he said it before. Well, yes. The more you say it, the more you talk about it, the more you polish your idea, the yeah. better it gets, the more developed it gets. Mm. And you find situations where you're able to do it. I yeah. do the same thing. Yeah. When people, I've done so many interviews now. People ask me the same question, and sometimes I'm like, "Damn, I feel like I've answered this question a hundred times." But you know what? I still like hearing it because you actually you get better at it every time. You get better at every time. Your words get better. You your do. choice of words. Your cadence gets better. Yeah. It's all practice and improvement. Yeah. For bigger stages as you go. So I learned that about him. That. He's fantastic at putting these ideas to words. He's such an effective communicator. Yeah, and, and, and he really has spent the time in the seat to practice that communication. That's exactly it. Mm. Time in the seat. Even if it's via his live stream, it's communication and hanging out with his homies, mm. talking on a podcast in an interview. He is constantly refining his ideas and making it more palatable to a larger audience. Mm. I think that's something definitely I can learn from. Well, let's pause for a second because I can I can I can grab the peanut gallery here with Will. I mean, over the last year, Will, wouldn't you agree that Matt Matt's communication and narrative and storytelling has gotten exceptionally better over the last year? Wouldn't you agree? One thousand percent, brother. You got it, dude. It's when you see what the next level is. Mm. It's like holy shit. What I do is crap, <laughs> and now I know what I can aspire to. Well, you're get, you're getting there, Matt. By the time by the by the next couple of years, you'll be Joe Rogan level. Because <laughs> it's like you know, if you have um, if you buy your first nice car and it is a Acura TL and it's brand new, and you're like, that's a nice car. And then your homies show up, and the guy's got a Lamborghini. And you're like, my car is shit. <laughs> I need to work harder because I know what the next level is. Oh, fair enough. It's like that. I get it. You know, so I, I feel like I have so much to improve, and I want to improve on it. Mm. So my question was any other any way that he inspired you. So you clearly recognize his ability to communicate effectively mm. well. A lot of small, probably aesthetic notes that you probably took from that. Anything anything else from your time spent with him that made you feel like, oh man, this this is something that I need to be better at, or this is something that I need to improve, or this is something that he's galvanized in me or inspired in me to do better around or something. I really appreciated his ability to to ramp and bring down his energy through the camera. Oh. The, the ability to amplify yourself and shrink yourself yeah. to create a roller coaster of a ride to make it more interesting. Because mm -hmm. we were talking about Lex Fridman's interview with Tucker Carlson. Oh, yeah. I and Lex Fridman's communication style is like this the entire time, which I understand I, why I, some people I, like. 
I get However, it. if you talk like this the entire time yeah. for three hours, yeah. then the person <laughs> that you're speaking with also brings their energy level to you. So it was three hours of people speaking like this. And I get it. He asked really fascinating questions. Bro, you're making me go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but, but three hours of this. But you can actually tell in the third hour, Tucker Carlson. He was getting tired. He was getting tired. Because he, yeah. he was like leaning like this and he was kind of like this. And so it was like, long. Well, yeah, it's like, Lex, show some emotional capacity, please. And then you, you have know? Andrew Tate, who talks like this sometimes and yeah. does like this. <laughs> yes. And then you get big and you get in their face and you look at the camera and you're talking to them like this. And then when you're trying to get the point across, yeah, it'll come back. Down. you're able to fluctuate yeah, your yeah, energy yeah. and your voice He's and your levels. That. I thought that was fascinating. Mm. The ability to do that on call as he needs it. Mm. It's, it's something that you either practice or you're just naturally good or it's awareness. I think it's both. It's all of it. I think it's a learned, I think it's an innate skill that has also been honed and crafted over time. Yeah. And I thought that was impressive because that made the interesting, that made the conversation not feel like four hours. Oh, Because you have levels of conversation. Some things are more quiet. Mm -hmm. And some things you just gotta get it across. Yeah. And I don't know, I found that fascinating because the ability to just do that on, on like call. I want to see more of this this action. <laughs> I like I like this version of Matt. This <laughs> this like Hulk smash type of thing going on, bro. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe. Here we go. <laughs> Make sure you check out the Discord channel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing the voice too. I don't know. It sounds, I don't know like, some, like, it sounds like some WWE like wrestler. Like I'm gonna I'm Jake the Snake Roberts, and you better snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> But the ability to control mm. energy in a room via that, I thought that was fascinating. Again, these are things that some people can try to manufacture and fake their way through it. Mm -hmm. And some people just have the ability to do it. And uh, some of it's repetition, practice, learning, being aware of your surroundings. And most importantly, you have to be really comfortable with who you are. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Right? If you're kind of, oh, like, what if they judge me? What if I'm weird? It's really hard to be that guy. Yes, absolutely. To be able to turn it up and turn it down. And pe some people may say, well, he turns up, it's all for show. No, I think that's a presentation model. Mm. That's the showmanship of it. If you don't have that ability to kind of amplify and change your cadence and your tone and your ability to communicate, like people are going to watch you mm. unless some people will watch certain people because they like this format. Oh, Lex. Lex, <laughs> like... I'm not going to dig on Lex because he's obviously, you know, I've he's watched, very good at what he's, he does. He's very good Phenomenal. at what he does. He has a cadence, a tone, a tonality. I can't listen to it every day. It's just like, bro, bro, please. Like, you're good on a long drive because I got nothing better to do, but he's not exciting. So, so you've interviewed, I just, I've, so for me, and by the way, I was supposed to go on this trip. With yes. You. I felt bad about it. Yes. But I had work to do. I felt a little bit of FOMO because yes. once I saw you were there, I was like, fuck. Should have went. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a moment of just like, you know, a little, little, little pangs in my heart of saying, damn it, I probably should have gone. But 
being in the position that I am, seeing you interview, you know, you're you're being tweeted and retruthed by Donald Trump. You're being, you know, retweeted. You're being shouted out by Dan Bongino. You're hanging out Tucker besties, you know, <laughs> you know, you're <laughs> Tucker, you know, and you're going to be hanging out with him even more. I, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but um, you know, you're flying over to meet Andrew Tate. I, I mean, like for me, where I sit, I my my brain is absolutely just flabbergasted mm. and blown away at what you've been able to achieve over the last year. So I have to ask this question. It was on the tip of my tongue coming into the office earlier this morning is what's next? What's next? Because we just talked about, you know, you blow up, you hit a plateau and then you normalize. Mm. Peace. Fair, fair enough. So you've had these, you've had these, these stair steps of like exponential gains all the way up where you're boom, Trump, boom, Bongino, boom, tuck, like what? Like who's who's next on the kill list? Like what what else is to do? I mean, it almost feel like us walking on the moon is absolutely <laughs> fitting because we're there to the moon. You, you've done it. You're at, you're on the moon and you're looking at the Earth and you're saying, "What else? Can, you're almost like Thanos. What else? What else can I can? What else can I achieve? What else can I take over now? I mean, you've, you've almost hit the pinnacle. I mean, there's there's losers out there in the in the influence <laughs> world, like like you know, like the View. But you're not going to go on with those salty bitches. So what's next? I think right now it's doing what we do, mm. which is just take it one day at a time. Bro, the simplicity of this man hurts me sometimes. Because I don't want to... <laughs> this is just the beginning. We have no idea. Fair what, enough. We don't even know what the next iteration will be. Because anytime you start anything, you experiment, you learn, mm. you revise, you grow. Mm. You experiment, you learn, you revise, you grow. This is the pattern that I live my life. And this is how most people who are successful in any endeavor in life, mm. this is how they live. Yeah. So we are in the learn, revise, and grow. Mm. Inspect and adapt. Yep. Inspect and adapt. Keep going. We're still revising. Yeah. Execute. We have no idea. Retrospect, learn, execute, mm -hmm. retrospect, learn. Like that's the whole cycle. And I think the goal at one point and the, the ultimate goal is so that we are able to build this to a size that we can, this is all we do for the rest of our lives. Mm. If I could do anything for the rest of my life, this is what I want to do. Wow. We're not there yet. Got a long way to go for that to be a reality. So I think everything is just incremental growth to make sure that that can be the ultimate end goal. So let's be self-interested for a second. You mm. just talked about inspect, adapt, iterate, improve, execute, learn, execute, learn, get it, get it, get it. You, you're hanging out with Tucker Besties. You're getting shouted out by Bongino and, and Joe Rogan, hanging out with with Tate, talking with 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 Trump's team and all the all those like what's let's think of in, in terms of self-interest. Mm. Look at the camera. What do we need? All of these new subscribers, followers, Discord community members, free thinkers globally. What do you need them to help you do? So, well, glad you asked. We are working on a locals community. Okay. So that's something I think that is important because on any given day, my concern and something I think about, especially on places like Instagram, mm. today could be my last day on this platform. Mm. On any given day, they can take it away from me. Mm. I know that for yes. a fact. Yes. I, it's always in the back of my mind. Yeah, it actually concerns me more than I'd like. Yeah. Because I've been and censored it, before. And it sucks it. that we think that way and that's our life, but that's you can't just put your head in the sand and pretend that's not there. Yeah, yeah. It's a reality of our lives. Mm -hmm. At any given day, any one of the big platforms that we are kind of getting our message out on, that it could be taken away. Mm. 
So we're trying to build the locals up in the background so that we have our own community. And I think that's going to be interesting because people that are become a part of the community have the ability to also put out information, also share content that we can do live streams within and that it'll be almost our own walled garden, mm. which we can control the community and be able to interact. So that's something that we're working on in the background mm. right now. I would encourage people to go check that out. And we have our Discord, which is free. Our locals will have a free section and a paid supporter section. And don't know what that looks like yet. We're on the very mm. new parts of it. Yeah. And, and so nobody hold your breath. So it's not happening tomorrow, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. we have the basic skeleton structure of it up. Mm, mm. And as far as populating and getting ready and make it visibly appealing, not yet. If anyone's out there that understands the locals mm, mm. and wants to help and understands how to put this together, definitely hit us up because we could use help. Right now, everything that we see from the digital assets to production to uh, running the Discord community to be moderators on the stream to be moderators on the YouTube, all of it is done by volunteers of people who want to support and help. Yeah, community is awesome. We are run by a community of free thinkers. We call it the Free Thinker Army. Mm. And that's literally how we've gotten to this point. There's nothing else out there. We've said no to literally, Will hates it. We've said no to every <laughs> single sponsor request. And I don't Bruh. know why. Bruh. Maybe we'll eventually say yes Bruh. to one as long as one aligns. We actually did one. We did an episode that hasn't gone up yet. It'll, go up, it'll be the next episode that goes up. We did an episode with uh, Sarah Gable from Every Life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, in Public Square. And yeah. she came in and we talked about a lot of pro-life issues. We talked about um, having a pro-life diaper company. And we talked a lot about family. That, that's going to be the next episode that goes up. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I thought it was a fascinating conversation. And since she has a diaper company, she said, here's a promo code. and Make babies, guys. Make more babies. Mm. And if you give your promo code out, then you can get a commission based on whatever sells. Like an affiliate program. Most people have affiliate programs. No Fine. big deal. No big deal. You're helping other people out. That's good. And what I told her was, can you take any potential earnings from the affiliate program? And can you donate to the pro-life causes that you already donate Ooh. to? Well played. I was like, I don't know how many people are going to buy diapers to me. And if you do, like, I like their cause and I like what they're working on. So... I don't have a lot of money to just give them money. Mm -hmm. but what I can do is help people help them sell more diapers and then take that profit to support pro-life causes. Fair enough. So that's what we decided to do. They agreed to do it. They said, that's amazing. I think I'm the only person to ever say that. <laughs> Guys, it just shows the heart of Matt. I mean, and Will was like, oh, Will's we can take like, a little bit of Will's money. Like, yeah, can, can, can we please make some money here? I mean, because because Will and I don't even have a free thinker shirt yet. I know. I, I have the samples they send me. Yeah. I mean, we're guys, we're so brokey that even the guys who help support Matt don't even have swag yet. So guys, this is this is we're, we're shoestring budget here. All, shoestring budget. All of the money and all the budget has gone into production, mm. has gone into the travel, mm. has gone into upgrading equipment so that we can sustain in what we do. Mm. So as of now, we don't have a monetization strategy, but we will. And I think from talking to Tate, because he's got us university.com, which yeah. is crazy. We talked about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should have a digital asset to sell. And we talked about that today. We did. Maybe we did. we'll create an ebook. I think something that I'm thinking about is I'm going to create an ebook that talks about everything I've learned about the production of podcasting and clips and streaming and how to make that happen and make that into an ebook and sell that. 
If you lasted this long in the podcast, let us know in the comments below or in Discord or Telegram. Let us know if this is something you'd be interested in Matt putting together. Because we've put together probably $100,000 to $1 million worth of production quality and content with yeah, yeah. under ten grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, if you guys are watching this now or you're listening to us on podcast, all of this has been iteratively built over time. It's been a a a a, a huge year long of lessons and experience. And frankly, it looks damn good to me. Yeah, I think it looks cool. I, I think, think we, we have one of the well. cooler sets here. Anyone that comes in is super impressed. No doubt. And somehow we figured out with a really small budget on how to have a high quality production, mm. not only on clips, not only on a podcast. Not only the stream, but also be able to travel with it. Mm. I think that's a really interesting perspective. I wish that when we started, someone made an ebook that told me everything that I know. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> you Sometimes know? the best ideas stem from imminent need. It would have probably saved three months of our time. If someone just had it Man, laid out. Man, I could recall, and I'm sure Will can recall, those moments of, of, of sweaty ball sacks and sweaty knee pits when, when shit's not working. You yeah. know, and it's just like, fuck, please. It's like, why can't this work? <laughs> yeah. And we'll even like these little life hacks of we have these dummy um, things into the cameras. Yeah, the, the audio input jacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, little life hacks little that life people, hack. that no one will ever tell you. Man, so you've been all over the world. You've been traveling the world. I'd love for, and this is just my call out in self-interest, for those who are out there watching, listening, give us inbound. Give us ideas. Give us introductions to people. Matt mm. is Matt is top of the top of the, the pyramid in a That's lot of so ways. That's so stupid. Don't even say that. Well, That's so ridiculous. Illuminati. He's part of the top of the Illuminati. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so send, send him interviews. Send him opportunities, guys, because I want to see Matt talking to some of the most famous and influential people out there. That's why I'm here, to support him and make sure that he is hanging out on the moon with the coolest people on the planet. So uh, let's go back to Romania. Because... Are we going to talk about sex? Yes. It's, it's time to talk about sex in Romania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he is accused, Andrew Tate is accused of human trafficking. That's such BS. But I'll in Romania. Yeah. Via the lover boy method, which is so stupid. The lover boy method. So stupid. That's right. I remember reading about that. But he's accused of human trafficking in Romania for having webcam girls or for TikToks or whatever the, whatever the hell he's accused of. And I went, to, I went out in Romania, and we did some street interviews. That that should drop soon. I can't wait to see those. I'd forgotten. Yeah, we asked maybe twenty or thirty people. Ooh. What do you think about Andrew Tate? And do you think he belongs in jail? Wow, those are two very, very good, good questions. And the opinion on Andrew Tate is split. I'm going to say seventy percent of people love Andrew Tate. Thirty mm. percent are indifferent, okay. or maybe don't like his ideas. There was actually this the one guy. There was one guy that didn't like Andrew Tate. Was he a beta? He was the professor. He's the guy that does the tutoring. He was he was the older guy hanging out with the college kids. Yeah. Actually, according to Andrew Tate and his view on fem feminism, and he's kind of a misogynist, and he shouldn't be like this. And he was like this guy. Oh man, he had a clue. Yeah, he had a clue. Of course, the guy that would hate Andrew Tate Is looks and sounds exactly like the guy that would hate and sound. 
and uh, of Educate. course he's a professor at a university yeah. he's an a- academic yeah. who I, actually the feminism <laughs> i was like oh bro, bro this bro, guy all those all those university professors are living in theory world they're living on reddit dude they live in these alternate realities where nothing's real dude but of everyone that i spoke to not one person in romania said we think Andrew Tate belongs in jail. Mm. Not one. I couldn't, mm. I, after a while, I was looking for someone that, I just wanted a clip of someone saying, he should go to jail. Yeah. You I you, couldn't you, find one. You, I talked to taxi drivers. I talked to people in the hotel. I talked to people at the airport. I talked to people in the streets. I talked to 30, 40 random Romanians. Yeah, you actually want the counter narrative. I, was, I just wanted one. <laughs> yeah, just one guy be like, lock him up. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't find one person because... When you walk around Old Town, which is where I was hanging out, and Old Town is kind of the area where it's like older buildings and they've converted it to uh, restaurants, bars, etc. Mm. This is where everyone goes to hang out. Mm. Bars and restaurants everywhere. Mm. Packed with people on a Saturday night. Packed. Oh, overflowing. Every block in Romania, in Old Town, where all the bars and all the young people hang out, is a strip club and a sex shop. Uh, would, it, would it be like a a red light district or just a pop-up store? It is bar. It's just streets and streets intertwined with no cars allowed of all bars and restaurants and clubs and, and cafes strip club. and strip clubs and sex shops. It's a part of the nightlife there. Oh, Every cab driver I walk by, hey, you want to go have some more fun? Oh, you want to go have a good time? Oh, you want to have a funny time? Oh, you want to go happy? <laughs> do you, you want to go happy? <laughs> Every single cab driver. Do you want happy ending? So... The sex industry within Nor- Romania is rather normalized. Mm. It's a part of the life there. Mm. Actually, the cab drivers and the people I spoke to said it is a huge um, tourist area for Italians and Jews. People from those two countries, from Israel and from Italy, they love to go to Romania to party, hang out, and mess with girls. Yeah, This is a normal part of Romania. Mm. All the kids that you ask, do you think he belongs in jail? They're like, seriously? You're going to get him for human trafficking when we live literally everywhere around us is strip clubs and hookers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of the culture. How are you going to go after that guy when what you're talking about him doing is not illegal here? Yeah, and it's what all the politicians are doing over there anyway. Every single one of them said the real gangsters live in the parliament. Uh, They understand where the corruption is. mm. And if anything... They love that a guy that came out of nowhere mm. put Romania on the map, mm. made it famous. He, they said all their friends who ever visit from other countries, they all ask, hey, do you know where Andrew Tate lives? <laughs> he, he is, he's the guy. He's the guy. And they love that he's doing it by being a masculine man. Mm. That he's not, he's, he didn't make Romania famous by doing funny jokes and dancing like Zelensky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why Ukraine is famous because you have a dancing Zelensky. Are you gonna do it? 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 Gonna do it? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to do it every time I see Zelensky doing that dance. I just be like, I just, I just want to shake my go-to. Andrew Tate made Romania famous by being a man. By doing cool shit and saying cool things. He's like, are you going to do this? <laughs> <laughs> Had to do it. You can't do refrain. It? Oh, Sorry, shit. It's like Borat. You, 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 don't want your, you don't want your country to become famous because of a Borat movie. Yes. Yes. Right. You don't, wanna, you don't want the most famous 
comedian out of of Korea to be Bobby Lee. You know what I mean? Or Ken Jong, oh, or something like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. at least the most famous person out of your country is doing cool man shit. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> so they all absolutely love that. Even if you didn't agree with him, you like the fact that they put. There's a sense of nationalism yeah. that people had, and even if he's not Romanian, they're just happy that they're now in the international conversation. Mm. And most people throughout the world, mm. at least, have heard of Romania. Yeah, absolutely. So he's put him on the map. For good, for good reason. Yeah. So I thought pe- the response to him was fantastic. Very surprising. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard to find someone that didn't like him. And the people that did, again, no one thinks he's in jail. because. And what one guy said to me was, maybe what he did is illegal in USA. Yeah. He's like, I don't know. I don't live in USA. Mm-hmm. I don't know the USA law. Maybe what he did is illegal in USA. It's not illegal here. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy if you think about it. The people that live in the country where he's accused of his crimes don't think what he did was wrong or illegal. Or a crime. Or a crime. <laughs> and all of these people that live in not that country, that live in UK, live in USA, that have never been to Romania, never spoke to Romania, have no understanding of Romanian law, history, or culture, they're like, this guy's a criminal. It's, it's, the, it's the old trope of Western values, projecting Western values onto other countries. Mm. You know, it's, it's like, it's it, like I liken it to the LGBTQIA++, you know, SHIT, whoever they are. Yeah. Um, I liken it to them promoting trans and gays in Islamic countries. Mm. It's like you're exporting your worldviews to actually countries that would have no problem throwing you off a building. Yes. Exactly. Same idea. And so it makes you think, once again— Clearly, the Western media is just propaganda. Yeah, it's crazy. Just propaganda. You've never been to Romania. Mm. You've never met a Romanian. You've never talked to a Romanian lawyer. You've never talked to people in Romania. You've never, you have no context. Mm. All you know is, I don't like what he did. You watched Tucker Carlson's uh, interview with Lex. Did you watch the whole thing? I am 50, I am. So you didn't get through the entire thing. I I am 50% through stop acting like, and, like stop stop it stop it and i oh. will watch the rest maybe throw, in throw a little bit but <laughs> i think it's fantastic why don't you tell me what you thought about so tucker i'm gonna be like tucker i'm gonna be like tucker for a second <laughs> don't you love how tucker just like he has these I moments where he just like i love laugh. Like, oh. i think it's amazing um but Tucker told Lex, and I think this is uh, apropos considering what you just said. He told Lex to go travel. Mm. He told he told Lex go to Russia, bro. Like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. Go out. Go seek. Go find knowledge. Don't be ignorant. Right. And I think what I appreciate about your trip to Bucharest and trip to Romania to meet Andrew Tate is you are living that action. Mm. You're not a man of bullshit. You are willing to go travel to see the different sites, see the different perspectives, see the world out there so that you're not one of these mind virus slaves in America who have been told that Romania is X, Y, and Z, A, B, C. You're just like, well, that's what you said. Okay, great. Let me go check it out myself. Yeah. I think that's the right way to do it. Because at this point in day, this this day and age, we, I think we all understand you can't trust the media. They're all lying to you. It's propaganda. And if anything, it's negative propaganda because they're actively trying to brainwash you. Yes. We understand that. Yes. Then where do you get your information from? Mm. Somebody out there has to actually go figure it out or check it out. Yeah. 
Okay, if they're going to go there, do you trust that they're going to tell you the truth and look and have a worldview that you can trust and have a sense of integrity? Yeah. This is the hardest part. Mm. Who do you find out there that you trust? Okay, this guy is going to go and tell us what happened or what's going on over there. Do I feel like this guy is going to tell us the truth? And that should be the only question you're asking yourself now, especially when you're talking about influencers or content creators or anyone like, will this guy tell me the truth? Yes. And if this guy will tell you the truth, listen to him. Yes. I think there's a huge nugget that we can extract for the listeners out there. It's just go travel. Yes. Go travel. Go see yes. the world. And actually, uh, bringing it back to Lex Friedman and Tucker Carlson, is Tucker literally told, if I if I remember correctly, he said, the ticket's only like 700 bucks to go to Russia, Lex. Like, go travel. Mm. Go see. It's not that expensive. Really? Yeah. Maybe we should go to Russia. Dude, I'm going to fuck. You talking like that? I'm going to fucking die. I'm getting up. <laughs> I, get, I get it in my comment section all the time. You sound just like Lex. No, you don't. People say it all the time. You I, guys you guys are full of it. People say, this this guy's the agent Lex Freeman. Maybe. He has more anim, anim, animated you know, Maybe personality. Maybe I am the Asian Lex Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> was, that, was that a good Tucker? That was good. <laughs> 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 so he's gonna be Lex. So I'm gonna be Tucker. <laughs> I love you all. Thank you, everybody. This is a Lex Friedman podcast. Check out our subscribers below. So I think I learned a lot. I think it was fantastic. I'm excited to see where this whole project goes. Mm. Um, I think online we did a premiere for it for the first time, and Dude, it worked out really well. Five thousand people. Yeah, we were at concurrent. I think five thousand people. <sighs> So hopefully YouTube doesn't delete it. Hold on, let me check. Maybe YouTube has deleted by now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, it's still on. I think still I'm there. Oh, it's still, still there. They haven't censored it yet. Oh, 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 oh. Although I have a million messages from people telling me that they're going to make short-term content because everyone's, you know, subscribes to Hustler University. Uh, probably not going to do it. But thank you guys for reaching out. Mm. I just. They should just clip. They should just spend the army. The Tate army should just cl start clipping that four-hour thing into four thousand clips. Yeah, and do it for yourself. Go do it, Tate army. Do it. Other than that, I think we had a good day. We had a good week. I don't know what's in the plan for future. We are doing a live stream on Tuesday, everybody. So we're going to do a live stream for Super Tuesday. Oh, if you're into right. politics, we're going to do a Super Tuesday live stream. Brendan Dilly is going to be in the house. Ooh. And we're going to stream from here. We're going to set up the set in a cool way. I've never done it before. So trying new things. What time on Tuesday? 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have to start early because dude, when I was in Iowa for the victory party for Trump, mm. The event started at 8 p.m. It was supposed to be the victory party. Mm. And he comes out and does a speech after they release the results mm. of who wins. Once once the news calls the winner, mm. he comes out. The, the party started at 8 o'clock. They called the results and they called the election at 7.30. They, they called the winner before the party started. Mm. So everyone wasn't even there yet. And uh. everyone had to wait and Trump had to wait because it started too late. Oh. Uh. So this time in South Carolina, they decide that they're going to have the party and event start at 7 p.m. Uh, because the news starts reporting around 7 p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe they'll call 7.30, maybe they'll call yeah. 8 o'clock. That way people can hang out for 30 minutes, an hour, and then Trump comes on and speaks. It's not very suspenseful. Yeah, one, one in minute. South Carolina, <laughs> they did it in one minute at yeah. 7.01. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he won. Uh, okay. 
Literally, the music starts, the party's about to start, and the screen says, Donald Trump wins South Carolina. Like, what? Already? It, it, it was and they started playing the music really loud, like the celebration. I'm like, dude, people are still in line trying to get the first drink. <laughs> you know? it, it was almost like you could have at least added a little bit of suspense. No suspense. So on Tuesday, we're going to start at 6.30 because we expect results starting at 7. Mm. And this is an important one, Super Tuesday, because I think 11 or 12 states vote, oh, number one. Yeah. Number two, number one, number two, number three. Number two is that if he wins enough delegates on Super Tuesday, the whole primary is actually over. Oh, that's right. I yeah. remember reading He can that. actually yeah, clean yeah, house yeah, and yeah, end yeah, it yeah. on Tuesday. Get her done. And if that happens, Sweep it. it'll be a huge party. It'll be a fun time. So definitely come check that out. We're going to stream that on YouTube. Rob, we're going to stream it everywhere from now on because if you cancel us, cancel us. Fuck it. You know, here's the thing, though. You might be getting to a point like Tucker where you're getting so large and so influential that they can't cancel you. Dude, they canceled Russell Brand. Well, they they can if you know what I mean. But sometimes they let it fly because it's like, you know what? It's actually playing into the game. And did they actually cancel Russell Brand or... They didn't delete his YouTube, I think. No, no, they just demonetized, they demonetized it. it. And he was like, well, I can't make money here. And he left. Well, Is I, that right? I, I think he's still posting on YouTube, though. Right. So yeah, he, he still has his YouTube. He didn't lose it. Yeah, yeah. He just demonetized. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, he, I don't care. He has a deal with Rumble now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Well, yeah. maybe Rumble. Hey, yeah. Rumble, uh, I think Matt Kim's worth at least $75 million. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> make it happen, guys. Thank you, everyone. See you next time. Appreciate you guys.